Welcome to the Two Marketeers podcast, where marketing swashbucklers, Sean and Lindsay, seek to demystify the fascinating world of modern marketing. Each episode takes listeners on a storytelling adventure that informs, entertains, and inspires marketing enthusiasts of all kinds. And now, here are your hosts, the two marketeers themselves, Sean Patrick and Lindsay. Wow! Yeah! Woo! Take the stick! Hello! And hello to you. you hello! Make, you always make me go first. You should go for People like you more. You know that, right? Eh? People like you more. It depends who you ask and on what day. Well, I don't think leaf blowers like you more, but I do. Yeah, there's a crazy leaf blower outside my house for everyone listening, if you can hear it. Nope. No, you can't? Okay, great. Nope. It's all the pillows. Good. So what's up? Well, it's snowing today. Did you know that? For real? Well, yeah. I mean, it did snow for like a good... It's been snowing for like 45 minutes or it was snowing for 45 minutes. Like I took the dog out. and uh, You don't say. Yeah. We don't have that. Snow. 20 kilometers this way. It's clear skies. That's su- that's great because I got my uh, winter tires on yesterday. So because of the pandemic, we got our winter tires off approximately the beginning of August. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> nobody went anywhere and you didn't want to take your car to the shop. And now we put them back on. So they've been off for, you know, cool three months. <laughs> and they're happy to see us today. So I'm so I'm going to drive to where you live today because I have snow tires. Oh, no, you're not. You're lying. Yeah, I won't at all. That's no. <laughs> like... I think that's the 12th lie you told today. I, I am on a roll lying. So don't believe anything I say in this episode because I'm a pathological pathological liar. I'm on a pathical and it is not logical. I'm just a liar. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Snow. Great. Yeah, it's almost Christmas time. Let's do this. I love Christmas. I guess you guys, I remember last year at podcast camp, you guys were all about skiing. I guess that's not going to happen. It is. Oh, good. Ski- yeah, skiing is the only... It's conducive to mask wearing. I think it's going to be our only saving grace. You can sit on the chairlift with only people in your pod if you want to, or your bubble. You already wear a mask. You already wear gloves. You can't even get close to other people because you have skis on, so you have like this little circumference. I love this. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So we already have an email from our... Um, ski hill because we bought memberships and everything last year because it we're idiots we didn't really realize the world was going to blow up and um, they're like no we're planning to ski and I'm like thank you sweet baby you know what I'll say I'll say you deserve that one macage white onesie with all the money you saved could it be my year right I think I'll do it we're doing a throwback we'll definitely do an episode about that recaps our podcast camp. Probably the funniest one. It might have been the first one or second one. But Lindsay was talking about her her new foray into skiing. And of course, the first thing was involved her decking herself out in like a $2,000 ski ensemble. And I laughed at. But I think that can happen this year. I think you've earned it. Yeah, because we're just looking to make every moment special these days. So I am going to go out in a fur onesie and people are going to think I'm a Sasquatch and I'm not going to care. <laughs> fur onesie. That's the part I forgot. Fur I am onesie. a fur onesie. I'm just going to tell you. It's not all, it's not as much as it's cracked up to be. I, I am a fur onesie. It's warm, isn't it? <clears throat> it it's is warm. warm and cuddly. And 
I think I do have a uh, faux fur problem though, because so I went out for a run this morning, even though it was negative five degrees Celsius, which terrified me. I thought we me. talked about this. I know I broke our rules. We okay. talked about not working out before the podcast anymore, but I had to get out. Like I'm getting kind of COVID squirrely, okay. pandemic squirrely. I had to get out. So, but I wore because of the negative five degree Celsius that I saw on my weather network app. I wore fur lined leggings to run this morning, and Ooh. I was it was so bad. That's I was not a good so idea. Hot. It was very not good. It's all about and layers, Lindsay. Now layers. I'm also my faux uh, podcasting studio I've doctored up here is I have faux fur pillows all around trying to absorb the sound here. So I'm just, I'm integrating faux fur into every aspect of my life and skiing is going to be the next thing. Nice. So it's like faux skiing. It's not real skiing. It's just, if you're wearing faux fur, it's not real skiing. So we'll call it faux skiing. I feel like it's real skiing on these little mountains because there's true. no sweet chalet to go sit in. But if there were, it would be faux skiing because I would just it's be true. wearing that onesie in the chalet and that's it. I love it at that little hill called Glen Eden, but uh, it's a total ghetto when it comes to apresky. And yeah, I mean that endearingly. Yeah, and there's nothing around. I know. It's so cute that it's ghetto, though. I love it. I know. Exactly. Do you think you guys will ski this year, knowing all of the things I just outlined about how safe it's going to be? I am in. Like, I'm hanging up. I'm ending this podcast early now. Bye. And I'm signing up. I thought you said you were going to go skiing. I'm like, dude, you had a sprinkle of snow for 45 minutes. That's not how it works. You have to realize that I would probably do it by myself because my kids aren't home. And my youngest, possibly. But, you know, is she really going to want to spend her time on on a ski hill talking to no one but her father? I don't know. Man, getting to the days where I can zhuzh down the hill by myself. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. (laughs) I cannot wait. Okay, so let's take that. Let's take that topic. Let's talk about feeling cuddly and warm, and let's talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah? Could it be a full-blown sensory experience? Yeah, I'd almost call it a faux-blown sensory experience. (laughs) Maybe that'll be the name of this episode, Faux-Blown Sensory Experience. I'm, I'm writing that down. I love it. Pardon me, I'm stepping away, I'm writing it down. <laughs> writing, writing, writing. Everything Lindsay oh, does, wow. everything Lindsay does involves zhuzh. It makes zhuzh sound, including leaf blowing, which she doesn't do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Faux-Blown Sensory Experience. So what is it? Hit me. What are we well, talking about? I'm a huge radio fan. Um, driving the car, I'm not going to play like playlists or anything. I'm going to listen to the radio. So I'm um, driving home from the gym and they're talking about this new promotion that KFC has. And basically KFC, and this is the third year they've done it, has launched or is just about to launch their scented, their KFC scented fire logs. And this year, for the first time only, exclusive to Walmart. Oh, really? This is a Walmart partnership? You tell me. (laughs) Go write that down. I didn't work on it. I don't know. No. (laughs) How did they do this without me? I think in the past. I mean, um, I'm sure they can do a lot without me. I just noticed that because I was reading, doing my homework, and I, I saw that for this year, for the first time, it's a Walmart exclusive. So they've always been at Walmart, but now it's a Walmart exclusive. And I'm like, part of me is like, ew, right? Initial reaction, (laughs) who wants that? Because I was like, 
Yum. <laughs> right? Except, I mean, it, yeah, you know, and thank God I have a, a, a gas fireplace because I would, I would literally be tempted to try it out. But I, I was just going to say, how many people do you think have real fireplaces these days? Uh, I know my family back home, a lot of them do. And I'll be honest, you go in their house and you're like, it smells like fire. But they love it. It's just yeah, everything. It's, a, it's outdoorsy. It's, it's nice to visit. Not for me. Look at yeah. me, eh? All suburban. That's Anyways, the best part of the cottage when the weather starts to get cool. So the funny thing is, is I'm like, I can't get home fast enough. I have another minute and a half in my commute before I'm like, I have to tell Lindsay this. I don't know what we're <laughs> going to do with it. We'll figure it out. We always do. But we're doing this. I was like, instantly, yes. I love this topic. I love this idea. I'm so pumped that KFC is doing this. And I have so much to talk about. And I was right? like, should we just record right now? And this was earlier this week. Uh, not to spend an entire podcast talking about a fire log that smells like 11 herbs and spices, although I totally think that's viable and I could do it. Uh, I'm just like, it, it opened this whole world that we've all probably heard about. And turns out Lindsay's an expert. But to say brands... <laughs> transcend senses yes uh and you know i mean it's and, and no more than right now am i fascinated to think how do you do that how are we going to do this how will this be able to sustain in a world where typically multi-sensory brand experiences happen like in store in physical environments in hotels where they would right. and we'll talk a bit more about that but basically i was just like wow we now it, it really specifically relates to retail and retail being not just stores, but fast food, any place where you go in to have the experience and buy something. And it was just, it just started this amazing, it had legs instantly. Pardon the pun, chicken, legs. Uh, a lot of puns today. <laughs> but basically, I'm, I'm here looking at the Today Show uh, article, because the thing I find interesting is this is not something necessarily to, to go to the drum to. This is mass. This is, everyone is fascinated by it. Um, everything from the packaging and everything is brilliant. Uh, it says right on the package, 11 herbs and spices, fire log. And on the bottom, it says smells like fried chicken. Yeah. Anyway, right? And there's the Colonel. <laughs> there's Colonel Sanders right beside it. All the, it's just, it's, I, I think it's brilliant. Although I'm, I'm gobsmacked. I'm like, who? Now here's, let me tell you a little bit about it. Let me read okay. from the article. Okay. So. Okay. Basically says the scent of KFC is returning to fireplaces once again this holiday season. What I love about this, and I think you and I have touched on it a few times, is when brands will move on from, yes, they'll, <clears throat> yes, they'll be relevant in this new normal, but it's not all about the new normal, right? They're just being really smart strategically right. to kind of move on. Of course, being hyper relevant to what we're going through, but not having to call it out, just being innovative and smart and and smart in a very tactical way but a tactical way that talks about that leads up to what you were talking Lindsay the slow build of a brand the slow sort of okay let's get back in the in the hearts and minds of people and remember probably one of the strongest brand assets they have at KFC and that is the smell of their food right right yeah um so KFC's 11 Herbs and Spices Fire Log sold out in a matter of hours the past two years. So, wow. Yeah. Sorry, was it ever sold at retail before? Was it always an yeah. online thing? No, no, no. Oh. This, is on, in, this is on shelves. No, I know it's on shelves oh. in Walmart this year, but was it ever on shelves before? 
Or was it always an um, online thing? I to wonder. quote you, don't ask me shit I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it says right here, the fire log. <laughs> so it says right here, the fire log, which was created in partnership with Envirolog, so a nice touch there, okay. is available now while supplies last in the U.S. exclusively at Walmart stores and on Walmart's website for $15.88. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And it talks about how Prince William has they call him his royal thighness um is a huge kfc fan i thought that was funny but it says basically don't wait this item has sold out very quickly in previous years and now with more people at home these holidays the need for homespun spirit will be stronger than ever yeah it's a bit of that kind of like nostalgia from a scent perspective absolutely because i like we used to have kfc when I was little as a treat sometimes, and I still remember exactly what it smells like. Oh yeah, we used to have, my family was, you know, my mom cooked every dinner for a million kids. We were so many kids. Um, Dinner was on the table at five, uh, right after my dad got home from work, blah, blah, blah. The treat for my mom, but to all of us, was that she didn't have to cook on Sundays. I know this sounds totally oppressive, but um, anyways, it wasn't. I had a very time. happy childhood. We were able, we were on Sundays. We would order out, order in. We would get KFC, and I would mm. be so excited because, like you said, as soon as the the box or the bucket came in, it was like that smells like heaven. And all we all all I ever wanted to do was eat the skin. I know, me too. Right? I'm like chicken schmicken. This is like, like where I, the money I remember, maker is. I remember my parents being like, "Eat the meat," and we're like, "Aw, can I just have the skin?" Yeah, I know, cool. and now when you know like what's up with that, you're like, oh. Oh, I know, and I still love so skin. Bad for you. And I blame, I blame, KFC for you my. Thank KFC. I thank them a little bit. So, anyways, yeah, like you, it's it's very occasion based. It was such a treat, and I have to say, I think they've nailed it. I think, I mean, the fact that this is the third year is just that sort of like we've talked about this. Just, just don't don't reinvent the wheel. Think of things that work best and for here it was no difference for them they would have done done it but there here's a great news opportunity here's a great way to do uh to promote something when there's not other things to promote other than oh what are you doing about covid so it's um i just was fascinated and i'm like would i would i do it i don't think i would but clearly millions (laughs) of americans would um this is actually the first time this year Walmart has had the exclusive on the product, and it's a big one as customer demand and excitement for the product continues to grow. Plus, like, also super smart partnership yes. on KFC's perspective because Walmart, since the beginning of this pandemic, has become a lifeline to people. And one of the retailers that are likely to not shut down should everything go crazy. So, um this yeah this partnership will still be able to thrive even during no matter what will happen it's one of those brilliant win-win strategic partnerships right which right. they'd already done but now yes. it's just it's in their favor luck would have it but um the president of uh envirolog said in a media statement we at envirolog are proud to once again partner with kfc i bet you are and walmart to create <laughs> and distribute a product fans are ravenous for this holiday season. Just don't try to eat it. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, and how much of it do you think is the 
um, people are, are they actually going to burn this log or is it more like Gimmicky. I bought it, I'm Instagramming it. it, I'm like showing it as part of my, you know, love for the brand. Yeah, it's gimmicky for sure. But so do you think they'll like buy it, post it, set it in the corner? Or do you think people are actually going to like I don't know. I, I think it's a totally different demographic than I am. Or in my demographic, it would be gifting. I think, for example, it would be like, I'd buy it because I'd say, oh my God, my family's up because I have family in California. They've come up a few times. I'd be like, not this year, but I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to surprise everyone. And I'm going to either give someone an fire log or if I have a fireplace, I'm literally going to put it in the fireplace so that when people wake up, like it's gag oriented for one demographic. And I got to right. believe there's another part that's just like, oh my God, this would be amazing. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of it is like social clout around something like that where you're yeah, buying it, you're clout. Instagramming it and you're not necessarily, you know, it's just like a little nod to your like mainstream kind of dedication to a brand, which people love to do with McDonald's and, and other kind of brands like that. Yep. So to wrap up my part, I just opened up this can of worms. Not that that's that shouldn't be sensory, but to open up this whole idea <laughs> around as someone who, as you know, former graphic designer, uh, all that sort of thing, branding has always been a visual thing. And a big part of the yes. work I still do is about creating, you know, brand identity systems. Um, and so I just started going down that rabbit hole. And there's a lot of brands that do it. I think you're going to talk about a few. Um, and especially like, and we know them like Starbucks, uh, you know, with the scent, the music and all that sort of stuff. But I just took a little bit of a dive into history and I thought it was kind of interesting is basically during the 1950s this is from Wikipedia, my best friend, please donate. <laughs> uh, during the 1950s marketers concentrated during the 1950s marketers concentrated on using site for branding. They focused on color and form to promote brands. That's where I came in. Not in the fifties shortly after this was because the main medium for advertising was posters as television became popular, the consumer's sense of sound was appealed to in advertising. This was mainly during television commercials in the form of jingles. That's a whole other part. Ever heard of an earworm? My son did a project on that. But the whole idea of jingles, so now it becomes auditory. Um, in the 1970s, marketers began to find that smell could be used in brand promotion. They were also able to adjust the scent of their products to make them more palatable for consumers. Recently, sensory branding has developed to consent. Recently, sensory branding has developed to encompass all five senses. This is because marketers now know that the more senses appeal to, the more effective the branding will be. And that yeah. concludes our class this morning. Thank you, children. <laughs> but I think like so that was my first when you brought this topic back up to me about sensory marketing and um sense of smell being one of them, but the other senses as well. That was my biggest thing to say, how does sensory marketing actually make marketing more effective? So kind of going from what you just said. Um, and I was reading just a, a couple of different things, but I found this article on Shopify that talks about um, using scent marketing to actually make more sales because I'm like, does it actually have <clears throat> like, does it actually have a proven impact? So this article, which we'll post in, in the notes, was talking about how 
a lot of the science, a lot of things around sensory marketing is theoretical and scientific and kind of research-based. Yeah. But they said, um, fortunately for retailers, the science behind scent marketing isn't just academic. So major retailers like Nike have found that scent marketing in retail stores increased intent to purchase by 80%, which is <laughs> massive. Um, and they say in another real world uh, scent marketing experiment, the smell of fresh brewed coffee at a gas station increased coffee sales by 300%. Oh my God. And scent of coffee anywhere would increase. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I and I'm we're both big coffee. Drink. I'm a huge coffee drinker. I go to sleep at night dreaming of my next my coffee in the morning. And I can I feel like I can smell it when I'm going to bed. I'm like, oh, it's going to be so good. So um, it's not just that, you know, it's a nice part of the brand to weave in a scent. It does actually have big impact on intent to purchase as well as um, an increase in sales. So I found that to be super interesting to say it's not just something fun to do. When you think about it, like the, what are the first brands that come up when you think about um, smells that definitely get you hooked? I think of uh, Subway. It's I just know, like oh my God, Chinese food, Chinese food in general. <laughs> yeah, have, anything coffee. And we've always lived in terms of all the places we've lived. We've always lived somewhat close to a Chinese food place. And you're like, oh, that would be so good right now. And it's yeah. It, it self-corrects because you're like, no, if I can smell that from here, it's not good. That's the grease globules. That's the grease <laughs> globules sticking to the wind. Yeah, yeah sorry, exactly. I know, but they've had, they've um, shown, especially with places, and I'm sure as the holidays and Christmas are coming mm. up, um, that scents have also been shown to persuade customers to stay in retail spaces longer, longer and browse more, improve their sense of quality, which I think is really interesting and create a warm sense or feeling of familiarity. So when you can trigger some of those nostalgic sense, sense essentially, um, through the senses, it can really help tie people closer to the brand experience. And bring uh, in more sense. Get it? Dollars have sense? Yeah. So like you said earlier, there's tons of brands who have done stuff like this. So obviously KFC is not the first, it won't be the last. McDonald's has you know, launched a line of candles that smell when you burn them together, smell like a signature quarter pounder. Seriously? They, yeah. Yeah, oh it's very God. cool. And so I think they had a $35 price tag, which sold out immediately. And then people were selling them on eBay for $250. That is so, I know who I'd buy that for. Yeah, see, exactly. And people, we see that too with like different merchandise things like, um, the cool socks that Ms. McDonald's makes and like all of these different types of things. I think Burger King apparently in the late uh, 2008 launched Flame, which is a men's body spray that featured a hint of flame broiled meat. <laughs> I also think KFC, and I, I can't find it in here uh, in this article that I'm just scanning, but I think they also made a sunscreen, which I feel like it's hilarious because That's hilarious. you would put the sunscreen on and as your body heats up when you're outside, I feel like you would actually smell like hot chicken. <laughs> I don't know if that's a draw for Smells people like at the beach. Depends. So when we start, so I think scent, like sense of smell is one 
one kind of avenue around the senses. Another one that's being talked about widely now and over the last year is the notion of like hearing and audio um, and sonic branding, which is what they kind of call sound branding or audio branding um, for brands and kind of their opportunity around not only like sense of smell, but also hearing and all of your and the sense of touch, all of those sense, sensory experiences play in together. And um, when I was getting into the, okay, so why is that though? Why do sensory experiences help reinforce or drive intent or any of those things? And really it's that it comes down to a shrinking attention spans, which I was like, of course. So I was reading this article um, in Deloitte that's called Sonic Branding and the Rise of Voice Technology, Converting Sound into Marketing and Brand Opportunities. And they say, um, one way companies can use sonic branding to their advantage is by focusing on speed, a formidable challenge amid the research of humans shrinking attention spans. So a Canadian survey of 2000 participants found that the era of smart devices, um, mm. in, sorry, in the era of smart devices, the average human attention span has fallen from 12 seconds in 2000 to eight seconds today. And I think even in a retail experience, you would argue that it's probably three seconds. I would argue that, yeah. Yeah. So they say companies routinely use logos, colors, and other imagery as standard mar markers of their identity, which you already talked about. But humans perceive sound faster than they see, taste, smell, or touch. This psychological reality means the next big memorable campaign might have might sound more memorable than it looks. So I was like, yes, I love the scent, like sense and sense of smell. But for me too, the sound, sound and audio. Um, such a huge opportunity um, for brands. Yeah. And really, it's also coming down to the rise in, you know, voice technology, which is such a, um, a huge thing with Alexa and Google Home and all of those different things. When you're not giving people anymore the opportunity to see a lot of the brand elements, then there's the opportunity to help them tie whatever is happening through the voice um, activated systems to the brand through audio recognition. Well, it becomes this sort of, uh, what's the word? It's, it's the whole idea of sensory branding is it evokes a cognitive and emotional slash behavioral slash memorable response. So it triggers different aspects of the brain in a way that takes you to a place, a memory, a feeling. And it's exactly what we've been talking about, what a brand has to do versus what a product has to do. So this is exactly the kind of time we're going to see that, like you said, Lindsay, is from a, from a site standpoint, there's too much clutter, but it's also not just about choosing another sense, but layering them where it makes sense so that the entire experience takes you more and more to that place or that feeling that makes you feel whatever it is that the feeling that triggers you to want that product. So it makes me feel safe. You know, what, what, whatever I'm, I'm kind of hungry. Oh no, now I'm really hungry because I'm seeing a big juicy picture of a, of a Whopper. I'm uh, smelling the French fries. Uh, you know, even in the colors that, that are in the in the restaurant or the color of the uniforms, it, it's this really crazy behavioral sort of basis for it can trigger emotions or it can connect emotions, trigger them, and then that triggers an action or a transaction in this case. So it's this yes. really amazing thing. You were talking about 
auditory or audio, there's also the fact there's the scent one. And the thing about scent is it's uh, the one most closely linked to memory. So something around uh, Mm. 65% of people who smell something for the first time, there was like a test done. You can tell my dad is a lot worse than yours. But basically like 65% of people will remember a smell something like eight or nine months after they first smelled it. Whereas like, yeah, like you play that game where you visually look at 10 things on a tray and then you take it away and then you have to remember them. I might get three. So yeah, um, olfactory has always been very, very closely tied and the the one that's most closely linked to memory. So it's that idea of make a connection, bring me back to a place that, so just like we talked about, you now connect a smell um, to something probably that brings you back to a family time or that sort of thing, depending on who you're talking about. But memory yeah. is so important. And I mean, all senses trigger that, but it's the idea of what, what if you did a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and do it at the right time because you don't want to overload it. And I think that's part of it too, is the more subconscious senses or unconscious senses are the ones to trigger in order to maybe facilitate getting that visual attention you need, Right. Yeah, exactly. They're all contributors, yeah. And like they say, during kind of COVID times, people are really craving that nostalgia and, and tradition. So if it's triggering these past memories of different experiences, that's what's making people then fall further in love with these brands because it's helping to bring them back to those happy times. And I got to believe that looking at even the packaging of the KFC stuff and KFC in general, they know it's linked. They, they've made that decision that their brand is closely linked to nostalgia. Um, you know what I mean? Like they brought back the kernel. Uh, you know, there's something about their branding, which is very, what I would say, um, mid-century. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like th- th- they've definitely made it more modern, but they're, they're definitely injecting a lot of that nostalgic sense for consumers like me or you who remember it as like occasions as children. And it was always a treat. It was always a happy time. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought it was so interesting. I also saw this really cool thing that MasterCard did, um, around audit audio branding or, uh, yeah. what do you call it? Sonic branding, Sonic branding. Yeah. About a year ago. Yeah. So it was yeah. like February, 2019 and they, it's on YouTube and we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we add the link, but it was basically taking to me, it was like, see, my world comes from when we were creating brand identities, uh, and, and, and what we would call brand identity systems because that's essentially when you're working with big clients that's what you have to build for them is sort of like well what does the design look like what does the logo look like what are the rules around color what are the fonts what are flourishes what are assets and then even show how do they work together so you have to really help the 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 brands or i should say the marketers understand how it all these little pieces come together and how that then gets measured or performs for the brand in the sense of marketing. But that was just something we always knew. Like, like the research said, it started in the fifties where that was really starting to happen. But now when you see what uh, MasterCard did and it ties into the stuff you talked about, Lindsay, about how technology and that's that, that clear sort of set sonic sort of, trigger we wait to hear whether like mm-hmm. oh that transaction went through oh i just yep. got a text oh my email sent um they created this system this sonic or audio system of their brand and it's about a minute and a half long and it's literally what i would equate to being like a brand guidelines from a visual standpoint in a one and a half minute video 
And it's literally like they have layered all of these elements of sound in ways that say, so when they move forward, they may even start creating music that adds certain layers of the, the, the brand that they are, um, including not the least of which is their single sonic trigger of this is what happens when your MasterCard goes through. Right. And it's like a four notes, like boop, 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 or something like that. Yeah. I was just like, okay, this is crazy. Uh, and then I go, well, why is it so crazy? It's just because I come from visual, but I see that. And I think that's so brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's, it becomes instantly recognizable once people kind of get into it. Like everyone knows the McDonald's, like, ba 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 ba, like that kind of stuff. Like that is sonic branding at its, at its finest. Do it again. I'm loving it. Yeah. And I, re- I remember the first time I remember hearing or feel like becoming aware of that was uh, Intel. Boom, 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 boom. So their right. whole thing was how do you brand something that people never see? How do you brand something that, you know, someone that, that consumers feel is a comfort or a reassurance almost like well what's a hemi engine and why do i need to have one in in my truck it was a great example of how do you brand something that people don't see when they make their decision to purchase a computer um and they had this whole like they had the intel dancers and it was hilarious but they had this one thing that stuck for many many years and it was just bum 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 and it was it had Mm -hmm. a tagline with it which was intel inside and it was you know it's those kind of things is when we are, they, they say that um, when we are robbed of one sense, our other senses heighten, right? Um, so, you know, you talk about disabled people and all that sort of stuff. They have heightened sense that, that compensate for what's missing. But just even in, when you look at a an experience, when you look at if, okay, so if I'm not going to be able to walk in the store as much or anymore, or, or I reduce my number of visits to five stores to finding it all at one store, how are brands going to face that struggle of how are we going to stand out? And it'll be really interesting. Um, yeah. And like we talked about with brand metrics and things a few episodes ago. Um, yeah layering in sonic branding and audio cues can really help increase effectiveness, like including recall, emotional response, likability of the brand, uniqueness of the brand, all of those types of brand metrics are things that can really be helped by sonic branding. And it's funny that you brought up Intel. I was just reading about Intel. They say the iconic Intel bong was introduced in 1994 and it's comprised of five notes, but contains more than 20 musical sounds and last three seconds. So they say this may well be the most recognized audio logo in the world with an unaided recall score of 88. And no wonder after Whoa. 25 years, it's still being played once every five minutes somewhere in the world. That's crazy. I love that you had that handy when I literally like improv that going, oh, well, I remember when Intel. Funny you should mention that, Sean, because <laughs> I have 50 pages that. of I've data. I actually researched it. But all to say is that these things like sonic branding and um, scent and multi-sensory experience can really help, you know, drive action, increase loyalty, differentiate from your competitors um, and grab attention without even people having to see anything. Mm. All right. So are we done? Well, that's it. I mean, I think there's... What's your takeaway, Lindsay? I would think, you know, what are some ways... It can sound very overwhelming, Um, if you've never done this before, to Mm. say, how do I layer in 
audio cues into my brand? How do I layer in scent in a way that's going to be really impactful into my brand? And I think like from our perspective, there's a ton of research out there done by really big brands that have a lot of amazing insights and recommendations as to how you can do something like this. We have a lot that we leverage, um, especially even in the scent space as well. They recommend, you know, asking your customers if you are in a physical retail environment where you have the ability to impact it, you can actually talk to people about scent and what and how it can be associated back to the brand. Um, and I even came upon some interesting companies that help with things like this. So for instance, this company called the Manel Center, they say to be the world's only independent nonprofit scientific institute dedicated to interdisciplinary basic research on the senses of taste and smell. So it's like they, yeah, right? <laughs> wow. What was that topic we talked about you you founded and it creeped me out about cultural engineering? Yes. I, I see, um, once again, you're going much deeper to a social aspect, which is, is, you know, it's the good and the bad, right? Like, I think it's about um, really marketing done well is really just about getting the right product to the people who need it, right? In, a, in an easy, convenient way. And this is just other ways to really think of all the pieces that can get the consumer you want's attention and keep it based on trust, not based on getting them to sign up and, and, uh, and uh, subscribe, but just create that loyalty in ways that go far deeper than just purchasing your product. And I think this is just another contributor to ways to create that sense, <laughs> that sense of comfort or that sense of, of emotion that is exactly what you want them to feel when they're considering your product. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Lindsay, for schooling me in branding. And I thought I was an expert. <laughs> Once again, she just... Thank you for a multi-sensory <laughs> podcast. We need... So we should put our money where our mouth is. Okay. Some sort of sonic branding for this podcast. Okay. You know what? I'll go work on the smell of our brand. Okay. You go do uh, sonic. I'll do smell. I just want it to be KFC. <laughs> I smelled it from a mile away. Okay. Have an awesome day. <laughs> okay. Have a great week, Lindsay. Thank you so much. Bye. That's it for this episode, my fellow marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe to this podcast at thetwomarketeers.ca. That's thetwomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. Be sure to tune in for more marketing adventures every month from us, the Two Marketeers. But you can just call us Sean and Lindsay. Actually, I, I would prefer Wise Guy. Yeah, I, I know you would. We're not, we're not doing that.